Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we'll be talking about your estate. My estate, what? Estate is a lawyerly word for what happens to you and your stuff when you die. When people talk about estate planning, they mean plans for what happens to them when they are very sick and their stuff when they die, especially who gets what, how it gets into their hands, and how it may be taxed. Your kind of people don't talk about estates? Well, it's time to get started. Estate planning isn't just yachts, Maseratis, and trust funds. It really is for everyone. So let's dive in. First off, don't be surprised if you don't want to think about these things. It's uncomfortable for many of us to talk about and make these decisions. But we all face death sometime, often before we want to, and not necessarily the way we want. And pondering the way we may die can be terrifying. But that's right where we're going to dive in today. So take a deep breath, and here we go. At the top of the list of things to do is put in writing what kind of of end-of-life medical care you may or may not want, and who you want to make health care decisions for you if you can't. Do you want doctors to take all possible measures to keep you alive no matter what? Or would you rather they pulled the plug sooner rather than later? Do you want to be an organ donor? Are you feeling overwhelmed already? I was too. I didn't know how to express what I wanted. I didn't know what the options were. It turned out to be much simpler than I thought. And you won't need to know a lot of medical terms to do it yourself either. We're talking about getting an Advanced Medical Directive for Healthcare, also called a Living Will. Let's take a look at the free Advanced Directive for Healthcare on the Virginia State Bar website as an example. It's a long form, but down the left side of each page are plain English explanations and directions. This guides you through which blocks to check and blanks to fill in on the right side of the form. So here's a few examples. You know, right at the top, it asks for your name and date of birth, and it says clearly, healthcare decision maker, and then in parentheses says, my agent. So it lets you know your agent is the person who's going to be making these decisions. And who I pick is my agent. I appoint, and there's a blank, and then there's room for their phone number and contact information. It goes on to what my agent can do on my behalf. There's a section called what my agent can do over my objection. And it says when I'm not able to make informed decisions about my health care, I may say no to treatment that I actually need. If my agent and my physician believe that treatment is medically appropriate, my agent has the power to, and you can check some boxes or not. 
So this is where you can ahead of time say, hey, no matter what, I don't want anybody overruling my decisions. Or if it's someone you trust and think, well, if I'm out of my mind, then maybe I, I would be comfortable with having them make a decision like this with my doctor. There's a whole section on healthcare preferences and instructions, things about conditions you may have, information about medication you're taking, um, visitation if you're in a hospital. Again, you can fill these out or you can leave them blank. You, you go through and see what's important to you and you're giving instructions to the person you'd like to make decisions. And then another important one is life prolonging treatment. Uh, if my doctor determines my death is imminent, very close, and medical treatment will not help me recover, then, and you have choices. You can click one of the boxes, such as, I want all treatments to prolong my life as long as possible, or I don't want any treatments to prolong my life, or there's just an empty box you can check and fill in exactly in your words um, what you'd want done. And then the last part is all the required signatures. Uh, for Virginia, you have to sign it yourself and have two witnesses that sign and print their name next to it. And then another nice thing about Virginia, and this is also something other states offer, is they have an advanced directive registry where you can load your signed living will to the website and then that's available for, say, a hospital or an emergency room to check if you show up incapacitated and aren't able to make decisions on your own. Okay, so again, these living will or advanced directives for healthcare are specific for each state. So you need to fill one out for the state you live in. A good place to start is ask your healthcare provider or search online for your state government resources. My local hospital had the forms printed out, answered questions for me, and even witnessed my signature for me. All free. Military OneSource has a great pamphlet online called Making Your Healthcare Wishes Known Through an Advanced Directive, a guide for active military and their beneficiaries. This is a great place for our military to start. It gives you an overview and points service members to your supporting military legal assistance office. I'll put a link to the pamphlet in the show notes. If you're getting a will drafted up, you can usually add a healthcare directive for little or no extra cost. So who should fill out a healthcare directive? You, all of us really. A friend of mine completed directives for them and their college age sons. They were heading out for an overseas tour and while the boys would be staying stateside. They discussed what their wishes were together, who would be the best choice for making those tough decisions if it came to that. Then they all put it in writing on the state-specific forms and signed as each other's witnesses. That's leading by example. All right, the next must-do estate task is make sure you have named beneficiaries on your various accounts. A beneficiary is the person or people that get certain things you owned when you die. This includes life insurance, bank accounts, investment accounts, and retirement accounts, like an IRA, 401k, and the thrift savings plan. After they receive notification, 
which is often a copy of your death certificate, these organizations will pretty quickly pay the beneficiaries you named. If your beneficiaries depend on your income for support, this will get them much needed cash as soon as possible after you die. You usually designate a beneficiary on a form when you open one of these accounts. There is one thing about these beneficiary designations that can trip you up though. Remember, these accounts go directly to the people you designate as beneficiaries. They don't go through probate. Probate is the legal process done through the courts to verify that your will is legal and that your intentions are carried out. Probate is also public. It takes time, sometimes a really long time, and it costs money. This is something I really want to footstomp here. For accounts where you designate beneficiaries, that money goes directly to them. Those assets do not go through probate. They go directly to the people you designated for each account. It's quick, it's free, and it's private. And it is not affected by your will. Remember that in probate, the court will review your last will and testament, make it a public record, and supervise your wishes being carried out. So what could go wrong? Let's say you're remarried and have an adult child from your first marriage. You want to take care of both your spouse and child, so you put in your will that they will each inherit half of your estate, the things you owned when you died. You die and your life insurance and all your thrift savings plan money goes directly to your ex-spouse who you named as your beneficiary years ago and forgot to change. Your current wife and child will have to split the leftovers that go through probate at the court. So name beneficiaries for all your accounts and keep them up to date. Another way for some of your assets to bypass probate and go directly to who you designate is by titling. You're probably familiar with the title for your car. After you buy your car, you take a signed title from the seller. You took the title to the DMV to get your plates and a new title in your name or in the name of you and someone else, usually a spouse. Two types of shared ownership, which are called joint tenancy with a right of survivorship and tenancy by the entirety, pass directly to the surviving co-owner without going through probate. These types of title are common for spouses who own property together, like a house or a car, and some investment accounts. Again, if this is the person that you want to have it after you die, Using a title with survivorship rights means that person will get your share directly without the time, cost, and publicity of probate. Probate will also occur if you die without a will. This is called dying intestate. Without a will, the probate court will decide how to distribute your estate, that is your money and your things, according to state law that may not be what you wanted. So the next important estate tip is get a will. If you're single, no kids, not much stuff, it might not matter to you much. Die intestate, remember that's no will, 
and the court will follow state law to decide who to pass your assets to. But somebody is going to have to close out accounts, pay final bills, make decisions and arrangements for your body like burial or funeral or cremation. These are tough decisions. By designating a representative you trust and think is up to the task and providing some guidance about your wishes in a will, you can help ease the burden on the people you leave behind. Most states have a simpler, cheaper, quicker probate process if you have a small estate, like just a car, checking savings account, and personal belongings. Have more assets than a yard sale sofa and a beater car? Are you married? Have kids? You definitely should have a will. As I've already mentioned, a will tells the court where you want your assets that pass through probate to go. It's also where you would tell the court who you would like to act as a guardian for underage children and provide funds to support loved ones. Our military service members can get a will free from JAG Legal Services. Not sure where your supporting facility is? Check with Military OneSource online. For you civilians, some workplaces offer legal services as a benefit, so that might be a resource. For very simple wills, you might consider an online will preparation service like LegalZoom, Trust and Will, or NOLO. Just be aware that these sites don't actually provide legal advice. You'll see a disclaimer somewhere on the site. Maybe no problem for a really simple will, but if you want to set up a trust to take care of minor children, you have a blended family, you want to disinherit an estranged family member, or you have a life partner you're not married to, it's usually best to hire an actual lawyer to draft your will. Okay, let's go back over my key estate tips. Number one, complete an advanced health care directive, aka a living will, to give guidance to and permit someone else to make important decisions about your health care for you when you're incapacitated or dying. Many states have easy to understand state-specific forms you can use. Check with the state bar, your local hospital or health care provider, or have one made when you get your will done. Number two, designate beneficiaries for your life insurance and other accounts and keep them up to date. The money will go quickly and directly to who you designate without going through the court supervised probate, no matter what your will says. Number three, consider titling property you own with a spouse as joint tenancy with a right to survivorship or tenancy by the entirety. When one of you dies, that property will automatically pass to the other. Again, skipping the time, cost, and publicity of probate. And number four, get a last will and testament to tell the probate court where you would like the rest of your assets to go. Wishes for a funeral or a burial, and to make arrangements to take care of those you leave behind. I hope you found today's podcast useful 
and I hope it makes estate planning a little less scary. As always, if you have any questions or a suggestion for a future podcast, drop me a line at katie, that's K-A-T-I-E, at moneypilotadvisor.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.